0: My associate, Mike Krahulik, also known as Gabriel, also known as John Gabriel, will entertain you with his artistic stylings um, while I pull questions from head and uh, answer them for your amusement and occasionally bother him while he's drawing to help me answer the questions. Thanks. No problem. Hey, uh, what was your favorite part of developing the Iyerwood? Uh, this is from Davin in Brisbane. Um, yeah, Brisbane represent as a...
1: or Davin represent. I don't yeah, know.
0: it could be Davin. Either way, it's like it's either Davin fans or Brisbane fans, Brisbaneites. Um, I would say that we are actually still developing the Ironwood, so we sort of planted a flag in it with the lookouts, which was invented in an Arby's. Uh, do you have Arby's? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, it's delicious. Arby's is a religion. It's a beef religion, um, and I'm part of it. I'm its priest. Um, but when it comes to the Irewood, uh, we made it up originally as a single-page project, um, and then it just it kept growing, which is on brand for the Ironwood, I guess. And we continued to progress it until now it occupies like fully three distinct factions that all have their own lore and mysteries um, and all overlap with one another in interesting ways. Um, So my favorite part of developing the Ironwood is basically what I'm doing right now, which is that um, with the Thornwatch game uh, having sort of blown up on Kickstarter, uh, and they can actually play Thornwatch here at the show, right?
1: Yeah, every day from 2 to 8, it's over in Tabletop. I was over there last night playing for a while.
0: Yeah, and there's actually a custom adventure just for PAX Oz if you want to learn the the game and check out the stuff that we made just for the show. It's kind of a a starter adventure that... Teaches you how to play. Yeah, it's sort of the intro, and then the plan is that this is actually the first chapter of a story that you can experience as Pax progresses throughout the year. So there's a an adventure based on each season that is a part of a single story that spans like 80 years. So if you are a Lord Dork, uh, I
1: would consider that a spoiler.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. It's, this this is the problem. If you are if you are like a a writer, like what you want is to is for people to know what you made.
1: Yeah, but it's not out yet. I'm saying, like, that is, the, the, fact that it, the fact that it goes across multiple decades is a huge spoiler. This is a, I would, is it a spoiler, though? Well, yeah, that was, the, that was the cool hook that we came up with. I, I, don't I know. would say that that is the key part of it, and you've just given it away, yeah.
0: Well, listen, what I do, and you know this about me, I'm a tantalizer. That's not tantalizing, that's just telling someone what is going to happen. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited about it. Um, So yeah, that is actually, that's completely ongoing. I mean, I I just need like the barest hint of an excuse. So there's a lot about the Irewood that only I know, and then I just assume that everyone else knows it. And then sometimes I tell people things at the wrong time, apparently. Um, But, because a lot of times they'll ask me questions about things that are, you know, true in the Ironwood. And then I'll be like, well, obviously it's this. I thought everybody knew that, but I had never told a living soul. Jerry and Mike. According to the comics, there has been a recent foray back into the butthole minds of the Old Republic. Are you still playing it, or has it been uninstalled for a third time? Maybe we could start a grassroots campaign to convince BioWare to do another night's single-player RPG or storm the offices in Austin, or start a Kickstarter to buy Bioware and turn it into the all-nights of the old Republic studio all the time. Uh, this is from Visas Mar in, uh, on Qatar. Um, so, uh, it's not uninstalled, but it's not really installed. So, the D drive on my computer crashed, which is where all my games were, and the only place I have to install games is on my boot drive now, which is 100, uh, it's 100 gigs and that game is like 40 gigs. So I installed about 35 of the gigs, and then my computer stopped working. So uh, I'm gonna have, I, my, it's my intention to do it, but I'm, you're no doubt delighted, Michael, that I, I have yet to play it at all. I knew that you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, you had, you had faith, uh, and that, that faith was repaid. Um, who comes up with the names for Mike and Jerry on the first 15 videos? Uh, this is from Fish Fish Monkey Hat, in the audience. Are you actually legit in the audience? No. I don't have to answer the question, that's the rule. No, it's true, that's true. Um, No, uh, I actually, no, because I was drinking with Fish Fish Monkey Hat, like yesterday, right before the Jackbox panel, which, I don't know. I don't know if it was a good idea or not. I won two thirds of the games. So I I feel like for Jackbox, alcohol constitutes a performance enhancer. Um, I had a super good time at that panel. Um, I used to make all of them, Uh, And then Josh would ask me for more names, and then Josh stopped asking me for names, and I think that he's actually enjoying making the names up now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people people will often refer to me as those names, um, and it takes me several seconds to realize that they're talking to me. For both Mike and Jerry, what would you say was the best day of your life, and what is the worst? Uh, This is from Wake in Israel. God, the... Coming at me with the hard stuff here. Uh, The best day of my life.
1: I think you're supposed to say when your kids are born, right? I know that that's what you're
0: supposed to say, but the day my kids were born, I mean, I was a pain in the ass. I was covered from like from the waist up in undescribable liquids. Like that was that was that was not the best day of my life. Um, This this last Halloween was pretty banging. There's a ton of candy. Uh, yeah, part of the problem is that I'm like a fruit fly, like my, the things that I can actually think about, like actively conceive of, is like a 48-hour period of time. So the best... You have, a,
1: you have a really good memory, though.
0: Yeah, I have a really good memory for things going back, but if somebody asks me, it's like, it's like well, related to the birth of children. So when, I suspect this might be common, but when Brenna was in labor... With Ronia, she was unlike Brenna. She was unlike the Brenna that I know in many ways. Um, it was about 60% cow noises. Just like literally, and I'm not, this is not euphemistic. It's literally the noise a cow makes. And then, I'm not, I'm not trying to tease her at all. She, she wasn't conscious of it at all. And the rest of the time, the other 40%, she was screaming at me to sing songs. So it's like... Moo, 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 and then sing like she just screamed the word "sing" like at the top of her lungs. And I know like hundreds of songs, (laughs) but if a person puts me on the spot and says "sing a song," then I can't think of anything. Um, So it was it was a lot of like um, doo wop. It was like the first. It was some. There was the occasional uh, restaurant jingle. I was just trying to fill the. I was just trying to fill the space. Yeah, my kids want. Have always
1: wanted songs when they go to bed, but the only songs that I know all the words to are television. So I, I sang like the really? Brady Bunch. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, so for so for Noah, like the, the Brady, Brady Bunch, Bunch is a bedtime song, like a like a bedrock cultural experience. Yeah. Wait, well, so so sing it. Like no, I can't sing. Well, yeah, you can't sing, but but no, but but you can clearly you perform it for this young person. I
1: sing it for my six-year-old at night, not for an audience. They... <laughs> Here's a story.
0: There we go. <laughs> just, just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. For me, just a little bit. A lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All
1: of them had hair of gold like their mother, the youngest one in curls. Dude, these are, these, this is pitch perfect. Why can you sing this song? <laughs> I don't know.
0: No, no, for real, why do you, how can you,
1: I, I don't, I know that song, I guess, I don't know. That song is like, is, is inscribed on like the inside of your skull. Watched a lot of Brady Bunch. <laughs> I can also do Beverly Hillbillies for him, but those are the only two that I can really do. Uh,
0: what the heck happened to the trenches? Uh, this is from Alex Vaughn in Perftoberfest? <laughs> Australia land. Okay, now I know it's a joke. See, at first, when somebody writes a town name on here, I'm like, well, maybe it's... Australia's big, but I don't think Perftoberfest is a real place, and I know for a fact that Australia land is not real. Um, uh, I got a hold of Ty a while ago, and we had worked out sort of what the end of that, like like what the final chapter of the trenches looks like, and then he disappeared. Yeah, I, if anyone has seen Ty, let us know. <laughs> yeah, like, he just he stopped writing back. I don't know. I, legit, like... Independent of any other thing, I'm a little bit worried. Um, What is your favorite childhood movie? Um, My favorite childhood movie is probably The Goonies. But, and I saw The Goonies, it was like, it's on the Qantas flight. It's like in the database of like classic movies that they have in there. And I almost watched it, but I love it so much that I feel like I should just sort of leave it there. Like I bet I bet it's I bet it's fucked up in some weird ways.
1: I'm sure that I think that one would hold
0: up, I bet. You think I think so? There's like a mutant named Sloth? Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, 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 sus- I suspect that, that I suspect that there's something there. Something bad. What's the deal? Wow, another another trenches question. Alright. What's the deal? The trenches fans down under. Um what's the deal with the attribution credit on the trenches comic? Um, I understand that Scott, Mike, and Jerry created it, but why hasn't the byline been updated since Ty and Monica took over? If it wasn't for the About the Authors page on the website, I'd have no idea the original creators weren't working on it anymore. Um, That is an excellent question. Maybe that's why Ty won't write me back. (laughs) Maybe he's waiting for that attribution. Um, It may surprise you to learn that, that I do not actively edit that part of the website. I don't know about it. No, man, this is, okay. I have to pull this one all the way out. It's one of those. <clears throat> Dear, grab along a ding-dong and tie. Uh, it is now well-established fact that you guys are rich in a no-longer-need-to-work-for-a-living kind of way. Absolutely not true. That is not the case. No. Uh, that is definitely not true. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Here, let, me tell you, let me tell you exactly how that's going to go. If I were rich in a no longer need to work for a living way, I would no longer work for a living. <laughs> you will know right away. That <laughs> there won't be no more updates on the site. No. It won't merely Not be. Not even like a goodbye. It's been mm-hmm. fun. No. It will, become, it will become a reliquary. You'll see a Penny Arcade Happy
1: Meal and the next day there will be no more posts. That's it. Because we will have checked out.
0: No. That is hilarious. Um, Brenna would be very surprised to learn that. Um, You basically keep entertaining us with your brain children in order to see how many nation states uh, you can pass in a capitalistic way. Two questions come to mind. What is the most ridiculous thing you've ever bought with these heaps of cash? Um, You've had this question uh, and answered car. I presume since then you thought, no wait, X was a lot more cray-cray. Um, And what spending was the most serious in a, I am directly bettering the lives of people without any direct benefit to me way. Jerry stripping in front of a live audience might be his, though he paid in dignity dollars. This is from Frijulis de Radio. This is more nonsense. Id ergem, Flanders, Belgium, Europe, aka the land of the Paxless. So he's putting the shiv in there at the end. Do
1: you remember, so when we first started... God, this would have been 2000, maybe 2001. We were doing Penny Arcade and I also got a job at GameSpy.
0: That was a very complicated period in our relationship. So I I thought that Penny Arcade, I thought that we were sort of like putting our collective eggs into a single basket. And that basket was called Penny Arcade. But then you took another second job. Well, it was was because I wanted all the money. Yes, I know why. Yeah. I know why. Um, But yeah, please continue.
1: So, they were paying me to work from home and do cartooning for a while. And I was drawing, you know, I was drawing stuff for them, but there was no, they were paying me way too much. And I was living in Spokane where. It was
0: that dot com thing.
1: Yeah. And it only lasted for a year. And when they fired me, I was like, I'm surprised it took this long for you to realize what a poor investment I was. Um, But right, like a couple days before they let me go, I was like, I bought. yeah, an Ibo, you bought a robot no, you bought, dog. You
0: bought two things, both from Sony.
1: Oh, yeah, I bought an IBO and I bought the Glastron. You bought the
0: Glastron head-mounted display and a robot dog.
1: And then, like, the next day they let me go, and so I had to cancel the IBO order, which was sad. Uh, as far as, like, helping people, that's not really how I spend my money.
0: Uh, I do... I do a, I do that, actually. Yeah, you do. But I don't I specifically don't tell anybody. I, I'm not because I'm not trying to do that. So are you familiar with the term white trash? Does that make sense? That's what I am. And so imagine imagine how I must have fit in with my family. Not well. I've always been sort of outside that continuum. I've always felt a little bit weird about it, but also, I have a I have a real challenge. I can't like put on airs, and so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the demonstrative stuff, like the purchase of a cyberhound, I it's like it's, I can't do it. And so I can pretend that I'm mad at Mike for buying that sort of that sort of thing, but I need someone to do it. I need someone near me to do it so that I can play with these toys. Um, yeah. In in general, child's play is how I try to express the the charitable aspect of my personality. If you had enough time in your schedules for another annual PAX event, where would you like to hold it? Uh, This is from Jonathan in Hobart, Tasmania, which I bet is real.
1: Closer to home.
0: Yeah. In my backyard. (laughs) Um, Not Tasmania, Jonathan. Um, I'm sorry. I've heard it's good. I've heard they have a nice Chardonnay, but uh, this is—we're already coming here. Um, as far as like another annual PAX event, um, it would probably either be like if we—if we—if it was just given to me to do, it would probably be more in the middle of probably be one, sort of in the center of the U.S. Because I hear their lamentations even from the Northwest, um, or like in London, mostly because I would like to go there. Yeah. And if there was a PAX there, then I could like really easily. <laughs> okay. Here we go. This might actually be... So yesterday's red envelopes were about snacks and pastries. Um, you tell me if we have entered into an authentic red envelope after you've heard this question. Over the years, the nature of your dick jokes has altered. From the obvious shaft and testicle themes of your early years, to the more complex issues of internal plumbing associated with your vasectomies. The prostate has already been referenced once or twice. Are you concerned about running out of genital anatomy? (laughs) Can you generate humor from the cowper's gland, the frenulum, the epididymis, and the seminal vesicles? Uh, This is Stephen Wells. Um, I I feel like we're just getting started with the dick
1: no we use we, we want to use the entire we dick. use
0: every part of the dick um the entire volume um we've even we've even gone into the urethra we have like more than once like we we have we have we have put dicks to work um and we have profited thereby um Gabe, how long did it take before you felt like you were a good dungeon master
1: uh I don't know. I felt like I came out of the gate pretty strong. You, you, you know, <laughs> I was, I was really good at it right away. But you,
0: you, but you, I was, I was gonna say, you recognize that you are good, but I see that that is clear. Yeah. You have a, a high opinion uh, of your, of your. Well, output. I think it's
1: obvious by my works.
0: Did, it, did, uh, no, did, anyone, I mean, did anyone see the PAX, the PAX East game from last year on YouTube? That, that was a, that was a nice twist, I think, on the formula.
1: I mean, uh, it it took me a while, I think, to find what being a dungeon master for me was, because everyone is a different type of dungeon master. Well, yeah,
0: and every dungeon master runs a fundamentally distinct version of, D, of D&D.
1: Yeah, so what is my game, right, how, and how am I running it? That,
0: so, that, so,
1: took, that took a while. So your game
0: your game has a substantial crafting component.
1: My game is about...
0: Your game yeah. is about sculpture.
1: Well, my game is, is not like the theater of the mind game. I mean, I had to do that for the ACK Inc., Thing. But even then, I drew pictures to have visual aids and stuff right. like that. But normally, like, my home game is a lot of built-out maps and fog machines and, like, video
0: presentations. Did you legit use a fog machine?
1: I did, yeah, on the uh, on the laser map when I built the... Oh, you needed the fog so that they so could that see the, the laser so beam.
0: The laser puzzle that you built in the dungeon would be visible.
1: Yeah, I spent a whole week... Uh, with these tiny mirrors and gluing popsicle sticks to the backs of them, and then I placed them in the, the dungeon, and then I put a laser pointer at the beginning and filled it with fog. And so they had to move through the maze and adjust the mirrors so that the laser got all the way to the end.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and that's to say nothing of, like, the foam spheres that you made and then all the rules that you created for zero-gravity yeah. combat, where yeah. they can jump from elemental sphere to elemental sphere.
1: Yeah, that was a weekend with, like, styrofoam and spray paint, and I, I built these planetoids, <laughs> and then I built asteroids, too, that would sort of, hung in between them. It's and so then the funny. characters, I, I took all their minis and put pushpins on the bottom so that they could, and I drew grids on the spheres <laughs> so that they could move around them, and their characters would
0: stay no matter where they stuck them. <sighs> Yeah. I don't fuck around. Well, no, you clearly don't fuck around. But, but I'm actually, I mean, I am completely the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm still able to, I'm, I'm able to make something that people remember, eh. but I don't, I don't do anything with foam. There's, this, there's, there's no foam in my version of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. How many questions are there in the hat? Uh, this is a question from Hat Fanatic. In Hatland, um, another imaginary place, forty or fifty, maybe. Well, here I, I can reveal. I can reveal all. I don't think counting envelopes is. Well, like, I'm not going to do oh. that. I'm just saying I'm just I'm just going to reveal it for everybody else in Hatland, I guess. Where, when uh, will I be able to purchase Jerry's book of poems uh, entitled Lex Caliber? Does everybody know about Lex Caliber? Yeah, so some people do. Uh, Lex Caliber is a book of 30 poems that I wrote with the idea that if, like, Shell Silverstein from Where the Sidewalk Ends was your dungeon master. And so it's all, like, lightly surreal, all ages poetry, some of which, some of it's about Acquisitions Incorporated, some of it's just about different monsters, some of it is about um, parenting type stuff. But I had, a, I had a super good time writing it. That was basically a therapeutic practice for me. Um, that has been assigned to Dave, as I understand it. Isn't that correct? Yep, thumbs up from Dave. Uh, Mike drew 14 or 15 uh, pictures to accompany the art. And so uh, we're hoping that we're hoping that that's something that we could get to like a print-on-demand type spot later this year. We'll see, knock on wood, or whatever material that is. Um, <clears throat> You have never really done anything with regular formal game reviews. Uh, why not? Was it a conscious decision to stay away from that space? This is from Hugh in Melbourne. So that is true, but there is there was a period early on where we did do traditional reviews, and then we the very first time we were like, well, "What are we going to rate things out of?" And then we were like, "Okay, well, let's do like pennies." So then, like the rating was like four and a half pennies, and then the next one was like nine out of 12 lobsters. And we realized very quickly after having done two that we had absolutely no respect for it. Like it's just, I mean, I I derive value from other people doing it like I've said on the site. I I really appreciate uh, Jeff Gerstmann's approach. I'm a fan of Austin Walker. I mean I have people that I trust, but I don't trust like a number and I don't trust a format, I trust a person. To tell me about the experience they've had. It may, be that, it may be that we serve that role for some of you. Yeah, um, I don't,
1: we don't necessarily put a number on things, but we definitely review games, I would say. I mean, I, we'll tell you if we like a game or
0: not. Absolutely, but it's definitely not in a traditional no. context. There isn't like a specific word count.
1: No, I think, I think that's silly when you're like, oh, this was a 70%. What the
0: fuck does that but, mean? But like- the, best re- the best review for me is, this game is not optional. That's yeah, like five words, Yeah, I and needed, that's I needed, as, that is as strong as I can recommend something, right?
1: Or if someone who I know, like
0: I know their personality, I know what sorts of games they like, tells me,
1: this is good, you should check it out.
0: Absolutely, but it's, it's those two points, like those are the data points. That person and that opinion, and then I can usually figure out where I exist in that system. You have made several comics over the years detailing the negative effects of addictive MMOs on your lives, and have referred to their creators as Satan, who is the devil. <clears throat> have you ever considered that you might one day look back at VR as a terrible blight uh, on your ruined lives in the same way? Uh, this is from Dr. Michael Persinger. Um, it's, it's possible. Certainly, certainly I, have, I have exposed uh, my youth at home uh, to the doom of virtual reality. And then it's just like, because I thought, I, I, like, I like to keep them up to date on shit. So I'm like, hey, you know, put on this magical helmet. And they say that you're supposed to be like at least twelve to put that on, but I'm a That's bad I'm a bad parent. It. And so I strapped them in and then it quickly became clear. So I'd come home from work and then they would be in there naked. What? Yeah, I would come home and then Ronya or Elliot would just be like in their underwear with the helmet on and the controllers, like serving food to non existent robots. And that's when I saw a truly dark future unfold. (laughs) Um, So I ended up bringing the VR stuff into the office, and it hasn't come home yet uh, because of the dark vision that I had. Um, And then I thought that I'd be able to fill that in with um, PSVR and sort of like have that be the, the home product, but inside VR, if your hands are going like this all the time, it makes it very hard to grab gum and give it to robots, I found. Uh, so w- I guess we'll see if they can fix that someplace some uh, Jerry, <clears throat> <laughs> I, have noticed, I noticed in the fourth panel that you always type with two fingers. Have you learned how to type properly in the meantime? <clears throat> it's not true. I don't type with two fingers. I understand what he's saying. Well, he's saying that I type like this.
1: Oh. Right. Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, no, for some reason, my right hand is fully engaged in the process. And then my left hand is like a little beak that sort of like, pecks at the keys like seeds. Um, and I don't know why. These fingers are not collaborators. They, they can't get with the program. But we're, we're up to eight now, which I feel like is a little bit better. Uh, "'Dear Tycho, uh, for many people, Penny Arcade is Gabe and Tycho. "'To me, it's always been Gabe, Tycho, and Robert. "'It appeared he left very suddenly. "'I presume if you had anything more to say on the matter, "'you would have done so, and yet naturally one is curious. "'A wind blows as winds do. "'Is it a howling, furious gale, "'beating at the doors, rattling windows, "'and whistling through the eaves? "'Or a gentle zephyr frolicking lazily along the creek "'on a warm summer's eve, "'gently tugging at the clothes of children "'playing at the water's edge?' Uh, either, way, lost me. <laughs> either way, either uh, way, what changes does it bring? Um, yeah, I, I I probably would have said more uh, if I had more to say on it. Uh, he did leave suddenly, and I did not expect it. So it was a very it was it was surprising for you, uh, Lee. It was surprising for me also. Um, generally speaking, what it means is that uh, people at Penny Arcade have had to pull together and figure out new ways of working together. Um, People who have skill sets that weren't being used are actually being uh, elevated and uh, doing amazing work with new responsibilities. Um, Generally speaking, the last few months have been sort of scary for me. Uh, I've had to learn a lot of new stuff. Um, But I think that things like the Thornwatch Kickstarter and uh, new usages and new approaches to the worlds that we've made, in terms of the Ironwood or uh, Nightlight. I think that that's sort of the future of where we're going, is taking some of the, the things that we have done and actually doubling down on them instead of just sort of leaving them in the past and then just sort of scrambling around for something new. I think it's time to sort of reinvest in the stuff that we've already built. Ever since the first season of Strip Search aired, my creative partner and I have been training and hoping that one day there will be auditions for a second season. When you think about a second Strip Search, do you ever consider the idea of having the competitors be creative pairs, writers and artists, as opposed to individual competitors? Yeah, that was the first, that was the first fantasy that I had after we closed up Strip Search, actually. Was that Because that's how we work, Yeah. right? And people seem to enjoy the the podcast that we do, and if we brought in competitors that could provide content like that, that could give people an experience of the process that we know, yeah. um, and then just smash them together in a battle arena, I mean, that sounds, that sounds like a hoot. Um, but we, we, think about, we think about different ways to do strip search all the time. I think I have a couple of models that could make it work um, today that might not require a, a oceanside mansion uh to execute fully. Uh because there there are you may be surprised to learn that there are substantial expenses uh incurred with that.
1: When you rent a mansion? Yes. Yeah.
0: Um but a lot of overhead. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that I can think of that we could make a strip search that would work. Um, I would love to put my uh vaguely Soviet track suit back on and wear my gold chain and uh take on the mantle of the creators again. I mean, I really love doing the show. And the fact of the matter is is I still talk to a lot of those creators today.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, we met a bunch of people that I'm still friends with.
0: Oh, yeah. I played Destiny with these people. Yeah. I love Nightlight. I love Automata. I love Daughters and The Lookouts, too. I know you've already talked about Paint the Line in previous Q&A, but one of my all-time favorite side-strips that you did was The New Kid. Seriously, what happened after he landed on the new planet? Uh, Was he able to make friends? Uh, What kind of adventures did he have? Will we see more from you? And if not, you better sell that shit to some network or studio, because it's a fantastic idea that I'm sure a lot of kids will relate to. Well, (coughs) I mean, you came up with the basic core of that because it was your life.
1: Yeah, I moved around a ton. I mean, I went to... Like, kindergarten in one state, move to another state for first through third, move to another state for part of third and most of fourth, moved to another city for the rest of fourth. Up, like, it was a mess. I was always the new kid. Um, and so that's where that idea came from. Like, what if, what if your dad just doesn't move from state to state or city to city? What if he moves from planet to planet, right? Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that, like you were saying earlier, we wanna do a lot more stuff with those stories
0: yeah, we just—it's—it's it's time to pull those out of the sheath. Like it's—it's it's time to put those things to work. And we have it. We actually—I mean, the new kid was actually optioned to be made into uh, an animated feature. But as happens in that haunted town of Hollywood, um, the management structures of these companies change all the time. It just changed at a really bad time for it. So what happens is a new person comes in, and then everything that they did before is bad and dumb. And unfortunately, the new kid got wrapped up in that. But we have the rights yeah. back, and we can actually opt them out again. But we actually had a full treatment for that. Like, we actually know, we know what that entire movie looks like. Yeah. We worked on it with um, Gary, Gary Whitta, who, who you might recognize from being awesome. Mike, as we all know, has talked about mental health in the past, especially during PAX East 2015. When he references experiences with anxiety and depression, to note, as of 2016, I graduated from medical school. So, as part of this new generation of physicians entering the healthcare field, I wanted your input on this. Do you think clinicians are doing an adequate job thus far in addressing mental health? If so, what can we do to further enhance that care? If not, what issues do you uh, or, have, or have you or others experienced, and what can we do to help fix those problems? This is from Danny Lowe in Covington, WA.
1: We were just talking about doctors this morning at breakfast.
0: Like, it, it honestly took
1: me three or four doctors, really, before I found a guy, Kyle, that I clicked with. It was like, okay, this is my doctor, you know? Right. Well,
0: it's, it's a trust thing. And it building is, it is building trust. trust with strangers is very challenging. Yeah.
1: I mean, you have to talk to this person about some, some pretty personal stuff, and you have to... You have to believe that they're going to they're going to help you, you know and they're, they're not going to judge you they're not going to write it off you know like they're going to believe you and help you right, and finding the right doctor for me took a while
0: yeah as far as, as far as what you can do, Danny Lowe, uh, I mean, you know a lot more about the technical aspects of this it, what, what I know is about people who uh, suffer from anxiety and depression because I, I have a a substantial quantity of both, and the challenge there is realizing that the way that you feel and isn't necessarily a hundred percent, it isn't necessarily a hundred percent true, like the way that you experience the world is influenced by these physical factors, some of them are in your brain, and for the longest time I just thought that I thought that the anxiety and the depression were true. I just thought that what my brain was telling me about these things and my life were correct. And I think that one of the things that we can do is talk right now to you about that. If you you feel like there is constantly a hand pressing down on you, it may be that you actually need help, the kind of help that we needed via therapy or medicine. And it's something that you can investigate and it's not a sign of weakness. Um, you're not, you're not broken, um, you just need help. And you, yeah. But, but that's the first challenge, is figuring out that, that your brain is fucking lying to you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the tough part, right? We think of what
0: we experience as true.
1: You just assume that, because you don't have access to other people's brains, right? You just assume, like, well, everybody feels this. And there are people who are better at managing it than I am. I, I just suck. Yeah.
0: Right? Like I'm just bad.
1: Yeah, but it's not true. There are people who, you don't have to feel that all the time, right? Yeah. It's just these fucking chemicals in your brain. And, and if your leg was broken or there was something wrong with your liver, right? It's like a completely would, different conversation. You would take medicine to fix it.
0: Well, yeah, and it would be clear. Yeah. Right? Um, one of my favorite artistic choices in the past PA strips was how Gabe and Tycho had skinny legs and a huge linear gap between them. Did Mike just evolve away from doing that? And this is from Long Legs. Um, it's a, a fan of ours, I guess. Uh, I don't know, I mean, they're <coughs> always changing. They, are they talking about, as a non-artist, are they talking about where they used to have that sort of syllable, or they had that big, long, like the legs were all like a single line? Is that what they're talking about? Here, look at the screen. Okay. Oh. So we're talking about this space, this, this negative volume down here?
1: Yeah, that area right there.
0: <laughs> this, <laughs> is this
1: the thigh gap? The thigh gap. Uh, no, I mean, I'm always drawing... I'm not... Here's the thing, I don't know how to draw. I don't know how I draw. I don't know how I draw yet. I'm getting there, right? But I have to figure it out, and I figure it out in the course of the strip. So, you know, sometimes Gabe will have freckles or some weird hair, or Tycho. Or like a
0: nose. Yeah, a
1: different shaped nose, and I'll draw it that way for weeks because what I'm I'm trying to figure out if. I like that or not, and I have to do it for a while.
0: You're just trying it on.
1: Yeah, and so stuff will, you'll see stuff come into the strip and it'll last for a couple weeks or a couple months and then you won't see it again because for whatever reason maybe I decided, okay, I, I, that's not a part of it, you know, but I like it or I like some part of it and I'll keep that, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's all it's, just It's like evolution, right? Yeah.
0: It's like one day they got
1: fins, Yeah, right? I've, they've never had fins, no.
0: <laughs> Scales. Scales. <Gills. coughs> Modifier. For the next question, the question shall not be read aloud. The name of the sender of the question may be read aloud. And the audience shall have no context for the answer. <coughs> if any modifiers are already in play, they apply to the next question. Uh, what this the is shit? This is from Q&A Advanced Rules. Should we try it? Yeah. They're gamifying our Q&A. This is, gamers got a game. <coughs>
1: so let me, let's read it. Read it here.
0: Well, we never thought, for a moment, that there... Bears! (laughs) Next question. (laughs) They don't know? Yeah, we never thought that there would only be one series. It seemed like people enjoyed the first series, and we put it out there, and it's easily, easily one of the most successful video projects that we've ever done. Um, uh, And obviously, it capped at PAX West with the live game, which it seems like people also really enjoyed, uh, that took place sort of in a storm giant's castle. And uh, so ultimately our plan is to try to deliver more acquisitions incorporated content um, in as many ways as we can. So podcasts, streaming, um, episodes of the traditional series like people enjoyed, um, and the live shows like. That's part. When we say it's time to start utilizing the stuff that we've made, um, acquisitions incorporated is completely a part of that plan, right? Yeah. Um, And and as I said yesterday at the Q and A, if you weren't there, Ozquisitions Incorporated is my constant fantasy, uh, and I won't be satisfied until I bring it to you. Uh, Yeah. All the time. 100% fantasy. From the outside, VR seems incredibly fragmented. Uh, Between the many platforms, there are as many different control schemes with varying degrees of movement and locomotion allowed. Uh, Does VR need to standardize going forward, and if so, to what extent? Um, I think right now, it's okay if things are a little bit messy, because I I think that we still have a lot to learn um, about what it means for human beings to experience virtual space. And I think that we actually, it seems weird and it seems bad, and you know, typically format wars are, you know, don't result in good outcomes uh, for most people. But I think right now we actually need a lot of really smart people just smashing their heads against it so that we actually learn some best practices. have a radula. A That's what? The, the, a circular mouth, a circular fanged mouth is called a radula. A radula.
1: But circular shape.
0: It's like a it's like a, like a snail has a radula. It does. And mollusks. They've got radulas. Radula. <laughs> Can anybody confirm? All right. This fucking guy. Um, I'm sorry if this has been asked before, but where does the C W in your signatures and Twitter handles come from? Does it st- does it stand for clockwork? Uh, what does it mean, William Lucas Balnarring? Balnarring, Australia. <laughs> I right. say thank you, William Lucas. I appreciate it. Um, so, in Earth's ancient past, um, when ter- you know when the pteranodon uh, still soared in the sky. No. Oh. Nin- 1997. <laughs> like I said, um, we the very first site that we ever made was for our clan in Quake, Quake One, which is called Clan Walrus. Because why would you ever name your clan that? Who reveres the walrus as a martial uh, entity? It's rare. Um, but ultimately, remember when we had that awesome skin for Quake 2. We
1: had the tusks? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, where it was like, it was like like a bipedal, tough-ass walrus. Man. With tusks. Yeah, It worked somehow. It didn't work at all.
1: Yeah, there was no Penny Arcade. I mean, we just played Quake with some guys and we were in a (coughs) clan called Clan Walrus.
0: Exactly, so here's the the truth. I was CW Gabe and you were CW Tycho. That's right. So we put our tags in front of our names when we started doing Penny Arcade because it was our presumption that only members of our clan would ever read it. And so we wanted them to know it was us. It was that Tycho. That did Tycho. It didn't turn out that way. A couple other people found out about it, I don't know how. It's complicated my life. How many bones from Matt? That's it? Yeah. Uh, some, six. Some bones. The occasional bone. Thanks, Matt. Great envelope, let's see. Let's see if it's earned it. Uh, This question is directed towards Jerry owing to his superior constitution. Uh, Other than simply getting VR... Wait. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Well, if you listen to the rest of the question, then you'll be informed. Other than simply getting VR into the hands of more people, what are the next big hills for VR to climb? Um, oh, I see. The, yeah, yeah, You don't yeah. get sick in VR. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're not weak like me. <laughs> no, it's just... Yeah, that's basically it. Um, uh, other than getting VR into the hands of more people, what are the next big hills for VR to climb? Uh, what's on the virtual space wish list um, for refining and expanding the experience? So the two things that I can think of are, uh, are the hand presence in the controllers. I feel like that story is not quite done yet. The Oculus Touch hand controller is the best one that I've used, but during uh, developer days uh, over at Valve, I saw one for the Vive that is almost like, instead of it being a bracelet, imagine a bracelet that goes around your palm instead of your wrist, and then it allows for like free movement of the hand inside the virtual space. That's the thing, like being able to open your hand and not have the controller drop but, right. So your hand is open in, in VR space. That's, like, that's a, important. That's a big deal, and, and and that'll be that'll be what completely sells it yeah. in there, right? And then solid haptics on the palm and on the back. Yeah, I, I think feel that's like really I feel like that's going to sell it in a big way. Um, the other I think is inside out tracking, which is the ability for like I feel like there's a lot of headroom in the cell phone oriented like the Gear VR type solutions. I, f- I feel like those are totally underrated, and Um, But what inside-out tracking would allow is that to be built into a headset, but then for it to be able to get to sense depth and movement in space, so you'd be able to wear something like that, and then without a cable, actually just inhabit virtual space. On the consumer side, I think those are the next big ones. What the shit? Okay, modifier. What? For the next question, you must give an answer as if you were in a presidential debate. Non-offensive, <laughs> rousing, attacking your opponent whenever possible, etc. If any modifiers were already in play, they all apply to the next question? Oh, shit. Okay. So we have to read it silently. So I have, to, I have to read it silently, and then I need to be aggressive in my <laughs> No!
1: Listen, so... <laughs> Hold on. Are you, are you doomed? No, I'm not doomed. I'm okay. I'm okay.
0: Did you save your shit?
1: My shit's saved. It's gonna restart later, but that'll be all right. Okay. Here. It'll be okay. So you... you... I, see, I, and I don't have a Surface Book this year because I was so sick of its shit. <laughs> like, every time I tried to do something on the book, it fucked up for me. And so this time, I, was, I brought my Pro 4, <laughs> which no problems ever.
0: Restarting. Yeah. Let's see. Um, here, I'll, I'll let you read it. Oh yeah, so I got to read it
1: quietly. Hmm. And and. I think there been... was
0: a period of time where Penny Arcade um, required a Mike Krahulik. Jerry,
1: I want you to recognize the fact that I am drawing the strip. <laughs> it still requires a Mike Krahulik. <laughs> if I
0: wasn't here, you'd just be talking. Are there any artists in the audience who are interested in a new opportunity? <laughs> hmm? Hmm?
1: Uh, let's see, presidential. After that question. Right. You know, I, I feel I have a lot of respect for the people that I work with, and I'm excited to see, uh, you know, where, where we go next. Uh, Got a lot of big ideas. I don't know. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're going to build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to make Scott Kurtz pay for it.
0: Uh, a question for Tycho. You have spoken previously of your love of Karen Travis. I do love Karen Travis. And her exemplary writing on the Gears of War franchise. And I hope that one day she'll return to the beefies. Um, I I liked her Halo stuff, too. I I like pretty much all of her stuff. I really like her a lot. She's a a fiction writer that started as a journalist. And so whenever she writes fiction, she always writes it from a a perspective. Like she's
1: embedded in that universe. Yeah, exactly. She
0: writes it like she is reporting on... Fantastic events, uh, which really grounds it a lot. I really, really enjoy her stuff. My question is Would you work on a project with her? And if so, what sort of beast would that be? Um, this is from Andy in Ballarat. I think that's close. Um, I don't think it is. No? Ballarat? Ballarat? With a rat, like a hard rat? All right. Is that, are, are you sure it's not Ballarat? Are we getting close? <laughs> so um, so this, is, this is one of the things. So part and parcel with us trying to execute on our uh, deep roster of, of what is generally speaking called IP. Um, part of that is going to mean finding people that we trust to work with. So we already have somebody sort of in, a, in the Hollywood context that we'd like to work with on scripts and treatments like that. Um, in terms of game design, uh, we have good friends over at Lone Shark that I think are doing the Lord's work on uh, Ironwood Adventures. In terms of books, I would love to work with Karen Travis or, or Pat Rothfuss on fiction in some of these worlds. Now I'm not going to listen. I'm going to wait till Pat finishes his book. I'm not. I don't want to be the guy that gets in between him and that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be you know assassinated. Um, but generally speaking, uh, I would love to work with Pat on a piece of fiction for one of our, for one of our zones. And uh, I do have a ring that I purchased at a Child's Play auction uh, that is supposed to grant me one favor from him.
1: Yeah, you get one wish, basically,
0: of I Patrick. I get one wish, and I'm wondering what the scale of that wish is. You own the ring, man. It's whatever you want. How has Penny Arcade changed since Robert left? Um, I don't sleep at all. And uh, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Next question. Dear Mike and Jerry, after watching your Absolute Drift video for the first 15, you both seemed confused at the use of the word hoon which is used a lot in Australia. Are you both aware of it now? I have included the urban dictionary uh, definition below, if not. Hoon, you all know. I'll read it, and then you you can laugh at how much I don't know. Hoon, to travel at speed in a confined area or to do burnouts on a public road in traffic, Oh, I see. And then the the new part of that is to show off in a dangerous manner, mostly with a vehicle or engine-powered item. And then the sentence offered is, look at that bloody dangerous hoon. Wait a second, so a hoon is to travel at speed, but it's also the sort of person who would travel at speed? A hooner. A hooner hoons. No, no, they're not a hooner, it's just a hoon. A hoon hoons. Yeah. One who hoons. And then you yell it in in an offender, you fucking hoon. Simon and, and Adelaide, I actually learned another Australian word yesterday. Would you like to hear what it is? Root. Yeah, he taught me this one. It came up, and I just smiled, because I, that's not what that word means where I'm from. I mean, root access. I mean, does, it, does it work? Does that work as a metaphor? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, no. Uh, uh, anyway, rooting—it's—it's it's sort of like this. Is this is my understanding? You tell me if I'm correct. Root is used anywhere you would use fuck. But so would it's you, only, you wouldn't but say it's, like
1: root root you. you no, say that?
0: no, no, no. You don't use it like root you. It's only specifically for like the act of fucking. And so then you have all the the cognates of that like rooting, right? But 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 it's not like root you again. It isn't like you don't use it it's like not, we use it for. It isn't like. Miracle Whip. Like, it doesn't go on everything. You don't use it like,
1: if you stub your toe, you're not like, Root!
0: No, right? It, it, isn't, an, it, is, it isn't an expletive like that, it's specifically fucking. Okay. As I understand it. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So, if, so, you can use it for fucked. Gotcha. But not for fuck. All right, thank you. Has Gabriel the Younger made any progress on lost lands. Uh, uh, I'd back that shit on Kickstarter. Victor from Batmania.
1: He has not worked on lost lands for a while. The, the mind of a ten-year-old is constantly jumping, well, I guess now he's 12, but it's constantly jumping from sort of thing to thing. Um, he's got to
0: figure out his deal.
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's writing now, which I'm a little disappointed in, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, This is this is like some... Emperor, like at the end of Return of the Jedi type shit. Yeah. Like, it's just, you want this.
1: I I, I am working on a cover, actually, for his little short story that he's Yeah, what's it writing. about? He has a story about a kid named Cosmic who lives on a space station and can time travel when he sleeps. It's kind of cool. Dude, that's balling. Yeah, it was, it was fun.
0: That's fucking, that's fun. listen, if he needs any help at all Yeah. with writing or 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 morals or anything, <laughs> <clears throat> just let me know, I know a guy. Uh, for Jerry, uh, you recently received a barrage of support on Twitter for the Dark Sun 4th Edition podcast game uh, over which you presided as Dungeon Master. Putting aside the obvious question of whether we'll see that game return, uh, if it were to happen, would you, who would you see as the players, and would the new game be a direct sequel to the original? Um, This is uh, from Calac uh, in the city-state of Tyr uh, on Athos. So clearly a Dark Sun enthusiast, um, to the extent it's possible to be. Um, I think, like I said, uh, I would like role-playing in general to be a bigger part of what we do at Penny Arcade. It seems like people have really enjoyed the acting stuff. For some reason, performing, like role-playing games as performance art completely works like it's totally it's, it's it's completely exploded on on twitch i find myself watching a lot of games I, got, I was invited to play a round of dogs in the vineyard did anybody see that yeah you should look it up i mean this is for for everybody who doesn't know dogs in the vineyard is basically like the weirdest it's the weirdest shit it's like mormon fan fiction so imagine imagine a cadre of holy cowboys that maintain the faith in unincorporated Utah, but Mormonism is true in this setting, and so you have to drive out demons, and you have to adjudicate um, marriages, and you have to deliver the mail. It, it, it is a it is a bonkers ass setting. But if if you want to, if you if you have you know four hours to spare, uh, I would definitely try to pick up that that show that we did with uh, It Me JP. Um, I would love to do that. It, it, it will not surprise you to learn that. I spent a lot of time thinking about that world and that specific adventure. Uh, I know exactly what happens next. People really liked that first crew. They liked uh, you and Chris and Scott uh, playing on that. I mean, I still know all those guys, um, but I I I would love to mix it up a little bit if I could. Dear Gabriel and Tycho, what sage advice can you give to nascent GMs and RPG players in search of groups? to find groups. Uh, a shy nerd, any town, the world. <coughs> Honestly, uh, I mean, as, as already became clear, like, Mike and I have very different approaches to being a, a dungeon master, but the main thing I think that you gotta do now is that you know when I was young and I would go to a game store, there would be um, like a poster at the game store and then at the bottom there would be the person's number written a bunch of different times, but then there was like little cuts between them, and so then you could tear the number off. In the same way, that like if you were looking for a bassist, right? It's the same situation, um, but this, this time you're like looking for a barbarian. It's a similar thing. Um, that's how it worked then, but now, if, is anybody familiar with Roll20? Roll20, if you are not familiar with it, is, functionally speaking, an online service that makes it really, really easy to play Dungeons & Dragons remotely. So that Dogs in the Vineyard game that I played was completely remote. We had what? We had a dungeon master and four players, and I never once, i was sitting in front of my computer, and I never once felt like I wasn't with them. Which it doesn't make sense, but we had this shared table space, and then we had video feeds from everybody, and all the interactions felt good. They felt like real table interactions. Um, so what, what I would say is, the first thing is, I would make an account on Roll20, I would take a look at those tools, um, <clears throat> and then I would just try to I would use the Roll20 uh, community um, as a way to find other players, and you just, just try them out. What is the best Monty Python sketch? Uh, Dimsdale? It's the dead parrot one. Yeah. It's yeah, it is. the dead parrot one. Like, I, I... I was just thinking of the parrot. It's that fucking parrot, man. Um, no, so I did, um, Elliot is at the age now where he can be shown actually funny things, Yeah. and enjoy them, and he just completely fucking lost it. Like that, that was a really, really big deal. There's two things, there's two things that he really craves. He's that, he's like, can we watch this video? The other video, do you guys, do you guys see that No Man's Sky video that starts <laughs> out with the original trailer that's like, welcome to Jurassic Park. And then it goes into the little melodica thing where it goes I've probably seen it 500 fucking times. Um, when will PAX UK actually happen? Uh, I have no idea. I don't have any idea about that. Ryan, do you have a date for that or? No, Ryan just laughed and then he shook his head no. Modifier. What? Oh man. Okay, for the next question, Gabe answers for Tycho and vice versa, if oh, applicable. Shit. If a modifier is already played in play, they are both applied to the next question. Okay, so we have to read it in silence, we have to answer it in a, in a political way, way, and then I answer for you and you answer for me.
1: Shit.
0: And it's red? <laughs> Hold on one second. Hmm.
1: Oh, I'm saved. It's saved. <laughs> uh... Okay. Wait, so I'm answering it for you, but the question is asking me to answer for you. Yeah,
0: so do you answer it as though you're me?
1: I have to, I have to answer it as, I, as though I'm you. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I have... <coughs> I, Jerry, have never seen Mike do that, but I am aware that he does, and it's unsettling.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, a better question (laughs) might be, oh no! It's all right. bit, yeah, it's, all right. it's cool. It's cool. I got you got 30 it. Thirty minutes. Yeah, a a better question might be, is there any point in the last twenty years where Jerry Holkins was not jacking it? <laughs> <clears throat> so VR seems cool and all, but how many how many do we got here? Does it even is it plugged in? Like, is it even broadcasting what's going on?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know if they can see it. It just says, getting
0: windows ready. <laughs> Great timing. You know it has, it has a message that I find legitimately disturbing. Yeah. When it comes up, after it does the edits, the text comes up, it's like, hey, we didn't change anything. It's like, well, why did you fucking tell me that? Yeah. Now I'm worried. That makes me think you changed something. What's funny is,
1: after I did the Surface Studio thing, I had, a, there's a few people who are like, oh, that Gabe, he's just a Microsoft shill. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen me on stage? Like... <laughs>
0: All I do is shit on their devices Well, yeah functionally speaking what you need is like an easel. Yeah, right you you, what you want is a cyber easel
1: But Yeah, if they were paying me to do this it would be much different
0: (laughs) They might not get their money's worth Um, So VR seems cool and all but what do you think of an add-on body suit for horror games? Do you you could feel something grab your arm or brush past you? Do you think we've got the tech for that uh, without being crazy expensive? Maybe we could make a beta-proof-of-concept version with a wetsuit and a tub of spiders. Um, Yuck. P.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it is is that it has, like, spider blister chambers in orbs all around the torso. That's the optimal scenario for me. Um, P.S. While you guys are down there, could you get me a tub of spiders? Um, yeah, no doubt that's on each, on each corner. Yeah. Uh, just grab a spider cluster.
1: I don't, I don't watch scary movies. I don't read scary books. I don't play scary games. I don't like to be scared. And that
0: sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, Travis uh, from Child's Play um, has a couple devices. 17% in people. It's nice. He has a couple devices in for tests. I don't think you were there that day. The... the, 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 the um, Base vest? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, what's that? Subpack. That's right. And so essentially it's something that you would wear and all it does is it, it interprets the audio and basically creates like haptic sensations connected to the audio that it's receiving. Um, oh. So in, in VR, I think that could be spooky stuff. And what we, were t- what we were thinking about is that it would be a really powerful tool. So one of the missions right now for Child's Play is figuring out how to integrate um, virtual reality as a therapeutic device and discovering what the best practices are. Um, and so that's why we have that tool in the office. What are some MS-DOS games uh, that you think would hold up if they well if they were released today? Logo. Logo. Um, I, th- I think that if you were to boot up Star Control 2, I think that if you were just, if you were, obviously you'd have to modify your config sys and auto exec that. You need oh to make my sure, you need to make sure, <laughs> this was my job, right? Yeah, I remember that. You need that. to make sure. I mean, the way I set it up for Mike was that I would, I would make all the modifications, and then I would, like, at the end of the auto exec bat, I would just run whatever game he was playing at the time. So his entire computer was just a device designed to play this game, because otherwise he would do something to it, it would fuck up. Um, but true. I think that, I think that that story still holds up, and I think that the, the battle gameplay of Super Melee actually is still really solid. I'll be very curious to see what uh, Stardot can pull out of that. Uh, Dear Jerry, last year I asked how you managed to keep hustling each and every day. Unfortunately, you did not actually answer my question. So this year, can you please give all of us your top three tips for everyday hustling? Um, also can we please, please, please have a pin of Gabe chasing a duck?
1: Oh man, that was a dark day. Yeah.
0: How long were you being filmed abusing? I was these there ducks? all day. All yeah, day?
1: Yeah, I was at this weird farm all day. I mean to find
0: No, it was weird. You showed me something about a bathtub.
1: <laughs> well, I well, I was there all day chasing their ducks, and eventually I was like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I use your bathroom inside your farmhouse? And they're like, sure, go on in. So I went in, I'm going to the bathroom, and I look over in the tub, and it's full of baby chicks. (laughs) Straw and baby chicks. Like duck chicks? Yeah. I zipped it up, and I just played with chicks for a while. (laughs) I don't know. That's where they keep their baby chicks, in the tub.
0: Those those are probably just their tub chicks. Yeah. Um, 71%. Three top tips for everyday hustling. Functionally speaking, you have to hustle. You have to don't not hustle. Um, And then you have to flex your hustle muscle.
1: I'm gonna have like 20 minutes left. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, I know that I could turn off auto-updates, but I consider this like challenge mode.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's just gonna devour your time. All all the inks were done, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm
0: close. Right. Uh, Hello, Jerry Tycho. Do you still watch Doctor Who? Uh, Who is your doctor? Uh, Mike, do you still not watch it? And if so, who hurt you? This is a safe space, let that out. Um, Also, Jerry, just not that Jerry, uh, from Melbourne, Australia. 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 It's getting better. I'm I'm fucking tuning it up. Um, I have to say, I actually really like the newest Doctor. I like. I think that he. I think that he might actually be my doctor. So what I really like is when the doctor. I like it when the doctor flips out. Like I like it when I like. I like a mean doctor, and I feel like the, I feel like the newest doctor has a really good, like, like, a, like a righteous, tone, uh, when he really fucking lets loose. So I like. I say, that's what I. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, in An Immortal Doctor. It's it's still not a show that I watch, but I, I have tried a couple <laughs> Well, times. no, I I, I I produced for you, because at first I tried to get you into Torchwood, which I realized now was not a... No, I watched I watched something, was it called, like, Children of
1: Man or something you had me watch? Yeah, was that too much? No, I thought that was pretty good. Well, there's there's more like that. I like Downton Abbey a lot. Is that like...
0: That's not connected in any way.
1: No, it is. It's like a a British show, right? It's
0: like a, you know, a... (laughs) uh, You want to be cool and be like,
1: oh, I don't watch American shows. I only watch the British television. I get it.
0: What other web comics do you read? I don't Um, read any other web comics. Yeah. Um, Have you ever... Are you ever tempted to trade up and work with those other creators instead of each other? Uh, This is from Jono in Brisbane. Um, Right now, the other webcomics that I read primarily are um, uh, John Rosenberg's Multiverse stuff. I think that's really, really good. Um, I'm a big fan of Brood Hollow when Chris Straub makes it. Um, I also love his Chainsaw Suit stuff. I was a big fan of Starslip. Um, And I also read Table Titans uh, from Scott Kurtz. So I just I, I read comics like, by people that I know like, as a way to keep in touch with them, because uh, it's, it's easy to get busy with your own work, and it's just nice to have those touch points.
1: Yeah, I think I'm a weird cartoonist and that I don't really like other cartoons. I, like, I follow a lot of illustrators, and I like to look at yeah, art. F-
0: yeah, for you it's more about galleries, and like, you use art as an inspiration tool. You don't turn to it for entertainment, right?
1: No, I don't, I don't read comic books, really, and I don't read comics. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird, I guess. Is it
0: is it is it text time? Is it It's text time. Is it dialogue a clock? Mhm. All right. No, no, you no, you spent all that time you spent all that time it's okay. making that art. It's okay. Oh.
1: I Do you want to know what that is?
0: Do you yes. even care?
1: Yes. tell me tell me what that is. Uh,
0: so it's I, like I'm, a ninja escape. I'm going to
1: put the text over the top, but I want to reduce the visibility of the art so that it doesn't interfere. I like that already. With the text, right? So I can adjust where the text goes without the black
0: yeah. l- text. The less art the better. Um, can we have an oz inspired comic series um, perhaps featuring drop bears riding giant redback spiders uh, this is from von hist in melbourne um, we, we, did, we did the down under dark i mean I, th- I think that's about as close as we can get uh, what i'm trying to figure out is if we're not able to get if we're not able to get acquisitions incorporated proper down here I wonder if my Ozquisitions Incorporated plan doesn't result in us making something that is Australia specific. If, if I'm not able to do the, if I'm not able to do the maximum thing, if I'm not able to do the original plan, I feel very strongly that you deserve something that you can have. And I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if there isn't something that's custom that we could do um, that leverages your deadly, deadly flora and fauna. I don't know. Australia is already a very strong IP, in my mind. It has a lot of denizens. Um, I would love to see the Monster Manual from Australia, for example. Um, If aliens invaded Earth, and they challenged you to an Omegathon-type event, um, what would you hope the final challenge would be? Um, I I suspect that the final challenge would almost certainly be some kind of battle pit. Um, th- that's what I don't want. Um, a megathon type event, but they're aliens, and so they would be amused by humans engaging in this. It'd be like, but, but they don't actually understand what we're doing. It would be something like competitive grooming. They would have a lot of bizarre reality programs, and I think they'd have a strange sense of what we're about. I watched the craziest one the other night. What's that? It was called. Baggage Wars. I thought I had seen,
1: like, I thought they had done all the shit they could do with these, but if you forget your suitcase at an airport, they just fucking auction it off. And like, there are people who go... Like your underwear. Yeah, and they buy these suitcases. They can't open them. They just have to, like, look at the suitcase. What's well, it's, like, it's like you shake a present at Christmas yeah, time? Yeah, they're like, oh, this suitcase is really heavy. I bet it's full of gold. No, it's just people's underwear. And then this show is about watching people buy suitcases and open them. So the weird as shit. But, but you did watch it. Oh yeah, I was super curious what was in these fucking suitcases, man. <laughs> it made me really tense So I was fine for a while and then they opened one and they pulled out a guy's laptop.
0: Well, no, it's a shame And I'm asking, like, that, oh right? my God, like you feel, that's scary. Well, you feel, but you're also feeling for them. Like Yeah, they're like rummaging the through most... this, this person's underwear. No, and like... uh, my fucking suitcase is like an organ. Like, my suitcase constitutes, like, a part of myself. Like, if a person that I did not know was, like, digging, was, like, up to their elbow in my suitcase, I know that I would feel it. Oh, yeah. Um, How has Penny Arcade evolved um, on the last five years? Uh, And how do you see it continue to evolve for the next five years? Um, Apparently, the thigh gap went away. I think it's become more... As we get older, it just becomes more and more about kids
1: and families and being parent and right. It, all I mean, it, the comic is just our diary. It's whatever we're doing, and so yeah, as we change, the comic changes. Right, right. And
0: I, I think that I think that the next step it's going to be about retirement, <laughs> prostates, yeah, examinations, um, backdoor excavations. Uh, yeah, I, and like I say, the next chapter is really about. Uh, taking advantage and trying to remember the cool work that we've done and seeing what else we can do with it. Um, Jerry and Mike, you bring the Australian gaming community so much each year you visit us. Thank you very much. I, I, I definitely feel appreciated. Um, if you could choose one uniquely Australian thing, be it a type of food, animal, or business, and bring it back to the United States, uh, what would you choose and why? Kinder uh, eggs. We don't have Kinder eggs. Kinder AIDS? Kinder AIDS? eggs
1: i don't think there is anything called kinder aids I don't it's like aids with a surprise inside i don't what's the doctor's ki- like i've got bad news and good news i don't you I do don't, have aids but it's but kinder a AIDS. tiny giraffe
0: no, but i don't i don't know what's what's a kinder a do kinder you egg know what a kinder egg is okay
1: it's a chocolate egg with a toy inside and apparently americans think that if you give a kid a chocolate egg with a toy inside, they'll just eat the whole fucking thing and choke to death. (laughs) It's chewing on this little plastic car or whatever. The the presumption is that
0: everything that is inside the chocolate is to eat?
1: Yeah. It's actually like, you're not allowed to bring them into the States from Canada. If they see like Kinder Eggs in your car at the border- Get the fuck out of here! they execute you on the spot.
0: (laughs) Just summarily? Yeah. God, what is my favorite Australian shit? Uh, your your Coca Cola tastes really good. I think it tastes weird. Yeah, but I think it tastes weird in a good way. And I get those Coke visions.
1: I had a sprite that first day and it was, it was odd. You're, you told me it was something about the sugar. Yeah, down here. Uh, I
0: think that we use high fructose corn syrup and they don't use that.
1: Well, it's fucking delicious.
0: <laughs> um, are we going to see a Live Acquisitions Incorporated episode at PAX OZ sometime in the future, Callum, uh, Bendigo, Bendigo? Bendigo. 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 <laughs> yeah, no.
1: No. No, no, like no, that. no, it's
0: not that, it's no, yeah. No. Um, if you were a letter of the alphabet, which one would you be and why? Captain Cool Guy 69. I doubt it. Brisbane, I doubt it. Um gosh. Now I really want to know. Uh let's go with Z. Uh cuz it has sort of a lightning aspect. I and would it's be, an, it's also an end if you turn it. I would be G. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> In the Halo universe, which of these was a vessel in the UNSC Navy? A, Survivor, B, Soldier, C, Say My Name, or D, Bootylicious? Uh, this is from Donald Duong in Melbourne. I think these are Beyonce songs. I'm not... I think, None of those sound familiar to me. I think those are all Beyonce songs, or Destiny's Child songs. Which wizard would win this fight, Dumbledore, Gandalf, Jim, Dark Magic, or Perish the Thought? His cousin Percy, uh, Annalise, and Canberra. I
1: think Gandalf wins. I need a few more levels.
0: Well, yeah, but, but Gandalf like legit was like fighting a gigantic demon that has yeah. a sword and a whip, and he fought him forever, and then he just came back, and it's like nobody fucking even asked. What happened? It's just like, well, yeah, obviously Gandalf is back, it was just a fucking Balrog. (laughs) I may need a couple more questions, Chivas, if you have them. Uh, I'm reading through the old news post archive, and it's interesting to see how different and yet similar Jerry's writing style was 14 years ago. But anyway, I was wondering, whatever happened to Mike's phantom subscription to EGM, uh, the one that he didn't pay for, and would follow him from house to house without updating his address? I don't get it anymore. Something happened. Do they even make that magazine? Do they make magazines anymore? A couple. Yeah. They They make one or two magazines. I've gotten all the way to the skull cap of Ned Kelly's head. Thank you. Uh, are you here to escape the last days of the election? <laughs> are you here to see who wins uh, and if you should go back? <laughs> Chris Carlton. So America has basically become a reality show for the rest of the world, am I correct? Okay.
1: It's been pretty scary, no joke. Like, yeah, it's legitimately scary there
0: right and now. And not a good reality show. No. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that health care. I'm gonna stick it out. A Chuba toothpaste does cost $40, uh, but
1: it's fine. Um, yeah, I was really surprised. We went and saw that movie. It was just the two of us. We went and saw Doctor Strange, and she's like, i will be 70 bucks. The fuck? <laughs> it was Kiko 2.
0: Oh yeah, it was Kiko 2. Um, but it was very surprising. <laughs> but I was ashamed, I was too ashamed to ask if something had gone wrong. And I was like, yes, I know what I'm purchasing, and I know how much it should cost. This seems all appropriate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I approve. Um, do you think May is the devil incarnate uh, and rage when you get frozen uh, from Jack Ross in Sydney? Um, that's, definitely the, that's definitely true. Um, but my, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll jump back in and check out Sombra when I get home, but I haven't played a whole bunch of Overwatch right now. For me it's basically the, the Civ Six channel um, and Atlas Reactor, which I think I'm I think I'm the only person who plays Atlas Reactor. Does anyone here play Atlas Reactor? Look me up on there. If you're playing it, I will I will play also. We can we can make a united front. What are your views on monsters that petrify or vaporize other creatures? Okay. I'm against it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. running on an anti-stone platform this Anti-petrification year. Anti-petrification platform. Um, basilisks, cockatrices, gorgons, and beholders. When is it okay to use the aforementioned creatures in a D&D campaign setting uh, due to the single dice roll consequence they imply without the possibility to restore initial conditions as in video games? Uh, this is from Cole. I, I think that they have to be in there all the time. And I think, that this, I think that you have to have the screen, I think this is why the DM screen is so important. Um you have to have these creatures out. It's it's like Chekhov's gun, right? Early early on in early parts of the campaign. Chekhov's basilisk. Yeah, you have Chekhov's basilisk.
1: If you see a basilisk on the mantelpiece in the right. first act.
0: That's right. Yeah, exactly, but this is what the DM screen is for. It allows you to fudge that stuff because you don't want to like annihilate people's initial characters like you you have to wait and then harvest them at a high level. You don't, you, don't, you don't invest that in there. Earlier on, they're just crawling around. Nobody wants them there. But later on, that's when you can really do some damage. Uh, Tycho, you have oft mentioned your devotion to the Iron Church. Uh, in what manner do you usually worship, and how devout are you? Uh, this is from Kyle Halgerson, um, by which Kyle Halgerson means the gym. Uh, I have not had a chance to get down into the gym for a super long time, and it's bumming me out. Um, I've made use a little bit of the gym in the hotel here, but I've been so busy the last the last span of time uh, that I haven't been able to invest.
1: Things have been things have been a little crazy at Penny Arcade. I think yeah. you
0: get I think you get a pass. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been able to invest in myself the way that I probably should. Um, how do you view Penny Arcade ten years from now? Uh, This is uh, from Joshua in Sydney. Um, I also learned about this O suffix that is applied after the first syllable of a person's name. And in addition, I've also learned that I might be Jezza. I might, there's somewhere inside here, there is a Jezza waiting to get out, waiting to hatch. Okay, 10 years from now, like I say, the situation that we're trying to set up. Is where Penny Arcade is a cultural foundry, where we make stories and ideas, and then, um, you know, try to entertain you with them. Yeah, I w- ten years from now, I want you to be buying tickets
1: to the third movie in the Ironwood series that resolves the you know all the daughter stuff, and like I want that to be a thing. Like,
0: yeah, I want I want that to be a normal thing. I'm a digital yeah. Red envelope. It's real. I'm a digital forensic examiner. I examine hard drives, cell phones and other devices for evidence of a crime. Let's say I somehow get my hands on every hard drive you have ever owned. Not only that, but I can retrieve anything that has been deleted. What is the one thing you hope I can retrieve? Uh, What is the one thing you hope I can never find? Um, I had a I had another crash that was between backups, and I actually lost some I actually lost some videos of when Elliot was born. So Steve, if you can find that shit, that would be great, because um, I got in a lot of trouble because I'm responsible for all technology whenever it misbehaves.
1: Comics done. Yeah.
0: Seven minutes left. All right.
1: Uh, I would hope that you could. F- Oh, the redback spider. I need a spider. I would I would hope that they could find some of those early PSDs. There was a hard drive crash in the early 2000s and I lost like the whole archive.
0: Yeah. All the, the original Oh, the ancient stuff. Yeah. The really really old stuff. Um, there was a period of time there was, uh, Robert had a friend in the FBI. Do you remember oh, that? Oh yeah,
1: that was a funny joke.
0: And he had his friend come in. Didn't he have his sidearm with him? Oh, yeah. He was fucking decked out. And Robert had him come into the office and tell Mike that he knew what was on his hard drive. But he used his loud FBI raiding voice.
1: And He's it was, like, Hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so, agent so-and-so from the FBI. He showed the badge. He's like, I'm here for your hard drive. We've got some... I'm like, what the fuck?
0: It's pretty scary. I don't, think any, I don't think any life when fully examined is pure.
1: Honestly, I, I think my shit is pretty tame compared to your shit, I bet.
0: Tame, is that like an animal term? <laughs> uh, Tycho, as a puissant DM, what is your kill count when it comes to PCs? Do you want to hear the truth? If I kill PCs, I like to play the hard ass. But if I kill PCs, then they can never hear about my story. So what is the
1: red bag? I don't know. What is a red back? I mean, this is just a spider. It has a
0: red stripe, right?
1: It's a red stripe? Yeah. Well, Black Widow is that, right?
0: Yeah, but it's more like, it's more like a, a, a thick stripe, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. You, you recognize this creature instinctively? Dude, they're gonna. i right out of room. You got five minutes. They're gonna put your ass to work. Uh, what is your favorite bird? Um, that's I don't really think about that. Um, do you have a favorite bird? I don't. I don't think about birds. Oh no! I know exactly who my favorite bird is. It's fucking MC James Vanderbeek. Oh yeah, you do have a favorite bird. No, I had this awesome. I had this awesome bird that used to come hang out at the window in my office. And then every time he would stop by, like, he inspired me to write a rap for some reason. I don't know why. And I thought that we had forged a connection, but after he ate all the spiders in our windowsill, then he was gone. It was, it was, it was always about the fucking spiders with this bird. It was never about you? It was never about me. He didn't even care about the rhymes. Um, how do you feel about AI-generated art and writing? Uh, for example, how would you react to someone feeding your comic archive into a neural network and using deep learning to generate new content? Uh, Ryan and Adelaide, I think that would be fucking fascinating. Well, that would save us a lot of time. Yeah, that's. if you, if you know how to do this, Ryan...
1: Give uh, us a call.
0: Yeah, Penny Arcade, see if we can do the art, too. Um, Penny Arcade is going to go to seven days a week. <laughs> Multiple strips per day. Um, I, I, find, I find that algorithmic uh, I find algorithmic art really fascinating. Actually, um, the it was the lead editor of, of Clickhole created a a tool that he used to interpret like recipes and manuals, and then uh, but it allowed him to generate versions of those things based on that. But it's completely surreal because computers don't know how to drive or cook; they just sort of know about they just sort of know about the structure of stuff. I would not try to eat any of these things. Uh, Some of the ingredients are not edible. I greatly enjoyed the games Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. I was upset that I could not romance the father character, voiced by Liam Neeson or Sean, given that the ESRB doesn't allow incest. That's, That's a rough one, man. Given my attraction to older men, and then in parentheses, silver foxes, (laughs) uh, and an abundance of daddy issues, I am curious if you are aware of a Game of Thrones RPG in the works that can deliver on this issue. Uh. Uh, I'm banking heavily on Tywin Lannister, and will be disappointed if I could not explore certain thematic elements. Uh, I think that this is not a question... I think that this is a cry for help. But here's my thing, right? I mean, do you
1: care if he plays his incest game?
0: Uh, believe this, brother man, uh, that mod exists.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, do I care if he, if he doesn't have sex with a not real person? Yeah. Not especially.
1: Right. I think he should be allowed to. I don't have an opinion it's on that. It's not my thing. Right? It's, yeah,
0: it's definitely not my thing. My, for, my dad is dead.
1: You know yeah, that I mean? would be
0: gross. I mean, that's, that, that, that becomes an all-day affair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what? It's my dad, I can make a joke if I want. Um, can we all go to Disneyland together? Yeah, sure. Uh, non existent list of options. OK, let's be real excuses. PAX Disney, Child's Play Disney, Club PA Disney Meetup, Gamers at Disney, any means necessary.
1: So, I just came back from Disneyland, and I was there, I didn't realize it, but I was there during gay days. Like, the first day I was there, I was like, man, there's a lot of people in tank tops and short shorts. This is kind of interesting. Um, But then we realized that it it was gay days. And, like, if you thought Disneyland was already sort of had, like, a parade atmosphere and was already pretty fun, you have to go during gay days. This like, place is a hoot.
0: It's Disney maximum. It really is. I'm all about it. Well, I mean, it's basically, this is, this is what they're doing with, like, um, like the Joko Cruise. Yeah. Right? And it's basically, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a convention, but it's like a convention in a place that's already rad. Right. Right? God, that would be hot as hell.
1: We got one more question, I think. 20, 20 seconds.
0: Oh, shit. Um, what campaign of a game have you replayed the most and Why? Um, Banner Saga because I always think I can make it work this time.
1: I replay Rez over and over again. In fact, I just played it and beat it in VR now. Like I, You got I, all the way through? Yeah, I play Rez just because... Did
0: you get all the way to the Adam Freeland track at the end?
1: Yeah, nice. Fear's the Mind Killer. Yeah. That's hot shit. No, I just, I love Rez. I, I can never get enough of it. It has been our absolute pleasure. Thank you. Keeping it hard like a motherfucker, gas robot. I'm really cod.
0: Today's fresh catch. I mean, a podcast. Something about nets. Yes, it gets better when it's winter. I'm fettered by my fish gear. catching, release. Get in that grease when my fish near. Talk about a plant best laid off that stray. And yes, I crave that tuna with his peck fins blade. But while I'm listening from the whole sea, you better listen into TLC. I got that. I got that wild caught salmon. It's tender and it's moist. It's downloadable content. A podcast of choice.